You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. to do you know same you know at halloween and christmas and thanksgiving we really we do some theme nights where we you know we put on like oh what what are all the like halloween specials like thanksgiving like what are the thanksgiving specials christmas well christmas you know obviously there's a plethora of content and you could be watching nothing but christmas content from thanksgiving to christmas you know, and, and just be watching those type of shows. I, I I do enjoy that they're like putting a renewed focus on other holidays. You know, because like oh yeah, oh um, Arbor Day, bro. Like we we we're, I'm already like formatting <laughs> our Arbor Day special. <laughs> yeah. No regrets. The money consoles me. We finna take over. No more makeup shit. You know my crew been doing it since the '80s, bitch. We run this shit, make them bow down, king and shit. Thunder talk. So it's that time of year. It's time to for Thunder Talk to be spooktacular. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Hollywood. It's Halloween season. The air is just now starting to get crisp. You can like smell the cinnamon in the air. And then occasionally you run across a pumpkin pie. Oh, yeah, you do. Mm. And my actually my favorite pie would be a pecan pie. Well, same here because it's packed with nothing but like it's dense high fructose corn syrup. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you got to use the, the, the dark corn syrup and then it, you know, you make it concentrated. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Or we should, we should maybe start the show with it's that time of year, everybody. You can smell the cinnamon in the air. It's <laughs> diabetes. Yay! <laughs> well, it's more uh, pumpkin spice. You smell it. Okay, okay, everybody. Hey, everybody, it's that time of year. You mm. smell the pumpkin spice in the air. It's diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> I'm going as Wilford Brimley for Halloween. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, he, you know, he probably ate the shit out of some candied yams. You know he did, uh, you know, because like that's a pretty yeah. southern kind of thing where you know you bring the candied yams with the marshmallow topping, and it's delicious and sweet and very cloying to your teeth. I, I don't know, I mm. love it. <laughs> All right, you can be Wilford Brimley, but you have to be the the character he played in Hard Target. Okay, hey, done, done. <laughs> John Claude's, yeah, oh, the yeah. John Claude John Van Damme film directed by John Woo. Yeah, hey, Dragon oh, Con, Dragon Con next year. You're John Claude oh. Van Damme. I'm Wilford Brimley, dude. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there hey, it Chaz Boudreaux is one of his best characters. It's a fun movie. All I all I know is I want to see Wheatley have, do the splits. No, that's not going to happen. Right, he has to do the splits. He definitely has to do the splits, yeah. and of course, you know, there has to. And this is his idea. There has to be a butt scene. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. At the same yep. time, he's ripping off of his white shirt. Like right. you have to rip I, your shirt off. You know, like oh, he, he's just he, running around in jeans and a wife beater half the movie. <laughs> you know, he's he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and you boots, know, cowboy boots. I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't sure about the butt thing until I actually I read it in an article because the reporter just asked him, "Was like, okay, oh. what is up with the freaking butt scene in every movie?" And he just like, yeah, so, and? <laughs> Next question. He's like, I got a great butt. You know, yeah. You know, so he, that's, yeah, that's I mean, that's he was working out all the time, you know? Right, you know, right, right. Wheatley, you got 10 months of squats, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Hugh Jackman says the same thing because, you know, he has, he flashes his derriere in the, every Wolverine film. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And it's, it's basically, they, people go, why do, you, why, why do you feel like that? Dude, I want this on film. For prosperity, when I look this good for the rest, because oh, he was a lot okay. of work to get in that kind of shape. So, so now, now we know that he's going to be playing Wolverine again. Oh yeah, you know, like because like uh, it was announced in that little like um, clip. Yeah, or yeah. What, what, what was the end of like what what did we watch the end of or something? I don't it was know. Ryan Reynolds like he's announcing Deadpool three. Yes, and so he's, he, I wonder when it's going to come out. It got. It was supposed to be like uh, next year, but it's been pushed back because Marvel decided to spread out their films a little bit, a little more because they, they look a little too concentrated. So it's like going to be 2024 now. It's apparently, I think the plan is. Well, he has plenty of time to get in Wolverine mm-hmm. shape because you know Wolverine's pretty cut, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, he is. You could just is. be fat Wolverine. I mean, they did a fat Thor. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think that his metabolism works that way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because no, no. he has like regeneration. His regeneration is so strong. Even Magneto pulling all the metal out of him, he still lived as a brain. Yeah, true, true. A little something wow. the comic readers there. Uh, yeah, that's still pretty cool. Him pulling it all out, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have that comic. It was brutal back in the day. It was like, what the. Ooh, I'm just like, well, damn, it's like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and then you find out his claw, his uh, claws were boned the whole time too. It's like, whoa, that's right, right. Yeah, that was a surprise for yeah. sure. Yeah, man, all those guys, they all complain about, you know, oh my gosh, the workout I gotta do to be in this superhero movie. Oh, it's so much, and I believe them. Uh, yeah, no, of course, but if oh, you're yeah. being paid millions of dollars, you have, like, personal trainers, uh, chefs, you know, like, they don't prepare their own food. Oh, right. They, 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 oh, they, no. they have professional, tra- you know, all that kind of thing, and so they're they're working yeah, everything out is regulated. Know, six days a week, and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're watching their macros and their micros and all that kind of thing, and they know exactly how many calories they're intaking, and, right. you know, of course, right before... Filming, they do go on to like a cut, just like bodybuilders. They right. go on to a cut regimen where they like start mm-hmm. taking away water amounts and doing that. So, but you yeah, know, even me at 43, big fat lesbian, I would look amazing if you just handed me like 200 million dollars to go get in shape. <laughs> I yeah. promise you, I promise you, Thunder Faithful, if you pay us 200 million dollars, not only will I get in shape, but mm-hmm. every host here will get in shape. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Right. Head, head over to uh, head over to our uh, new Patreon page, Big Fat Lesbian. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's probably 200 million Big Fat Lesbian, and uh, yeah, we're gonna. We're going to turn Kabika into a goddamn super soldier. Yeah. For sure. 
It'll it'll be like uh, what Cher said back in the day. I think Cher became a representative for Bally Gyms at one point. I think it was Bally. Okay. Yeah. And she says at the end of the commercial, looking all, I'm like, you already skinny. You ain't doing no real workout. But anyway. All right. <laughs> now I love the the story about the Pageant Oswald talking about the having to be in great shape to be a st- movie star. He said he was at like an Oscar function or something and. They had this beautiful buffet table for the, for all the celebrities to eat off of, and he went straight to it. And he's getting food, but he knows all the big stars are not coming to the table. They're kind of looking longingly at it. Yeah. But <laughs> then the best the part, smells. yeah. But then the best part was Brian Dennett. He showed up with another plate, and he's piling stuff on. He goes, "Isn't it great to be a character <laughs> actor in Hollywood?" <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, because no one cares what I do. <laughs> I'm the fat, embarrassing uncle. That's the best job in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. That is funny. Oh, my gosh. Too much. Happy Halloween, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Okay. Okay. So, you know, everybody's like intro to thieving, I think. Okay. uh, I think this is supposed to be is candy, right? And so the one thing that is being given away right now for free is candy. So yeah, what my it, my my juvenile uh, criminal record began with candy. Of course it did, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I am John, and I am Jay. And by our powers combined, we are anti-typical. Da 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 da. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Dan, Dan um, asked us to uh, come on and, and do our own intro uh, to our own songs because he couldn't be bothered. Um, so we're gonna uh, we, we've we've got a new EP out uh, called Hyperfixation Theater, which is based on the works of Koji Suzuki, who is the author of uh, the 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 books that uh most famously include the ring uh which became a major motion picture the first one we're, we're gonna let let dan play for you um is um it is called uh, lemon heart uh and it started off with let, let's I'll I'll let I'll let Jay talk about the beat before uh, before I I go all all nerd out on 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 the ring movies. Okay, so basically how how it started up was uh, I that little uh, that little almost like chime sound at the beginning. I basically built the whole song around that. Um, I just wanted something that was reminiscent of like the Halloween theme, like the movie mm-hmm. Halloween. Or, yeah. or something like, uh, if people can't tell from listening to, m- to my to my beats, I, I listen to a lot of old Three Six Mafia. So uh, I wanted that, you know, that sort of chiming kind of uh, sort of it, it's it's like ominous. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, just, it definitely definitely had that um, '80s horror score feel yes. to it. Yeah. Yes. And, and then. Uh, wanted to capture that vibe and then you know put i, I gotta have my dirty 808s and then it just kind of i just kind of kept adding on and adding on and uh 
there's like little little staticky glitch sounds in there there's you know super overdriven guitar it's it's layers and it's and it's and it bumps <laughs> yeah and and then there were, there were portions where i was over peaking on the vocals and we just kind of kept that in as to kind of uh keep that 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 atmosphere going i i I think it works well with the with uh what we what we did musically uh or what what we did lyrically i tried to use my gifts for good the world showed it didn't care long gone uh lemon heart is is based on the movie ring zero uh which elsewhere on this episode i discuss with with adam and uh it's the the story the the early the early life story of of sadako yamamura um who becomes sadako who climbs out of the well and climbs out of the tv to kill people um but this is this is basically the the how the monster is made uh portion yeah 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 the 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 third movie in the series where you find out you know what why you should care about the monster yeah I guess uh, I guess we can have. Do, do we want to have? Yeah, we can. Uh, I, mean, I, th- I so, think that seems sufficient yeah, for that part. Yeah, without without uh, without further ado, um, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, Lemon Heart off of our uh, our our new EP Hyperfixation Theater, which is available uh, on our Bandcamp and uh, and everywhere where you can stream, at least everywhere that DistroKid pushes it out free plug for distro kid
Are you looking for a new podcast? Why don't you grab a drink and join us in discussing your favorite books with the authors who wrote them? Go behind the curtain and find out what your favorite authors love to drink. I am going to be drinking an Irish car bomb. <laughs> or find out what they really think about what's going on in the world. Well, look what the world was in. So I'm like, well, I ain't got time to read a book about the day. So pour a shot and click below and start listening. Wheatley, what is your favorite memory and favorite candy? Well, my favorite, because I celebrate Halloween all October, and I remember, this is actually not that long ago, but I remember when they re-released Ghostbusters in theaters. Yeah? Like, yeah. Uh, I want to say it's 2011, so me and a bunch of friends went, and there was a great crowd. There were people dressed as the Ghostbusters in this theater. And I realized it's the first time I've seen Ghostbusters in that theater, like, since I was a kid. Yeah, oh, for and, sure. And I the mean, best way to see a Ghostbusters movie now is with a room full of, a theater full of fans, because we were all just saying, <laughs> yelling the lines as they were speaking on the phone. And the best part was when Winston starts giving his great speech, and then, I've seen some serious shit. <laughs> I've seen the stuff to turn you white. <laughs> and they all, we need to start, everyone in the audience is screaming, is saying the speech at the same time, and Winston and Bankman are going, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> And we and then it concludes and we just applauded each just the fact that yeah we're good. one of the best times I've ever had a movie theater period it's a great I uh, love those movie experiences oh Absolutely. yeah but uh, favorite candy is the special Halloween Reese's peanut butter cup candy that comes out every year there's the pumpkins okay. which are always delicious and also they have the ghost which is white chocolate shaped like a ghost with peanut butter inside. Hmm. I, I love the know. special. That, that sounds sacrilegious to me. Oh, try you know? it. It's delicious. Why uh, yeah. tro- chocolate pisses me off on so many levels? <laughs> Reese's gets it right. I mean, Trust- there, there are some things that white chocolate does great. It tastes like freezer I mean- burn. It tastes like it tastes like freezer burn. Yeah. Try the Reese's, man. The, oh. Pair it with the peanut butter. It's delicious. Okay. okay. So, 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 Mark, what is your favorite Halloween memory and your favorite Halloween candy? Okay, so my favorite Halloween memory was the first time that I ever went trick-or-treating. My mom bought me and my brother Batman costumes. And we didn't even know it was happening. I think I was three or four. I think I was four. And all of a sudden, all these kids showed up at our house. And I'm like, okay, we're going trick-or-treating. And I was just like, what is trick-or-treating? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) You know, my parents did a really bad job sometimes of of just <laughs> explaining things like what's about to happen. You know, they just went through the freaking process. But anyway, um, and there was a kid that lived across the street. He was the only child. And all of his friends had like little brothers that were me and my brother's age. And so he would pretend that he was our, li- you know, like we were his little brother. And. He was there making sure that me and my brother got candy, you know? And uh, so, and I think that's what m- made my parents rush us out of the house because it's just like, oh, you have a chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> Go enjoy yourselves. Right. Enjoy bye. the season, you know. <laughs> Get out of the house. <laughs> right. And it was just really wonderful because for me, Halloween is, oh, is special because I didn't know. I was surprised that it was happening. It wasn't anything that I could ever plan for. So yeah, you were like, uh, "What are there's goblins and, and right all kind of, and werewolves and all kind vampires walking the streets and chaos and they're it giving was out great. candy everywhere." <laughs> yeah. 
So I don't have a favorite candy though, so we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beth, my beautiful beloved, what yes. is your favorite Halloween memory and candy? Well, I don't really have like a favorite Halloween memory. I don't have anything that stands out, but I have a funny story. I don't know if I've told this on the pod before, but I was probably about three and we went trick-or-treating and this is probably my earliest trick-or-treating memory. We went as a family and of course I was the youngest and we went to this house and, you know, knocked on the door and the guy that answered the door was dressed as a gorilla and I screamed and ran down the street because I was terrified and I barely remember doing this, but it was it was pretty funny yeah, and then my that's cool my favorite halloween candy i don't know if i have a favorite because of course i'm the person that like gets stuck on one thing for a period of time and will eat it until i'm sick of it and then another thing is my favorite after that right now i'm kind of into the reese's cups the like little ones the minis mm, that was good Thunder Faithful, we're back. We did it, guys. We did it. It was a struggle, but we are back right now with an all new. Bottom of the barrel. All right, friends. So here goes. We go go ahead. I I was just going to say in the in the famous words of our vice president, we did it. We did it, Joe, because we we found the worst movie. I, I I pretty well okay. I think that there are actually worse movies, but this one is so bad it transcends bad and becomes amusing once again, then becomes bad once more, and then in some type of weird reality, it becomes good again. <laughs> it's it it's definitely something. So for. For this lovely special spooky season treat, we watched Troll 2. And it was spooktacular. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Goblins don't exist. Goblins don't exist. Okay, so uh, I don't know how many of y'all have watched Troll 2. But it is a movie movie circa 1990. 1990 is, is when it came out. Shout out to our hairdresser, Megan. She's the one that, that requested this lovely little gem. Little it is, gem of a movie. It is a, of a pumpkin film. pie of hijinks and terrible acting. So uh, we have a family. They have decided to go on a month-long vacation out into the countryside. And uh, it starts with, like, the whole premise of... It's almost like uh, The Princess Bride, where... What? Yeah, okay, listen to me, listen to me. You lost me. Okay. No, but there is a grandpa reading to his grandson... Well, yeah. ...this old folklore story called, like, Davy and the Goblin. Yeah, so, that... Movie opens up, okay. The the grandpa's like, 
Peter was in the woods, blah, 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 goblins. And you're like, okay. And then grandpa like picks up the book and you clearly read the cover that says Davy and the Goblin. Yeah. I, well, it's, that's what I mean, but it was a crazy, I mean, they, they pretty much foreshadowed the entire movie in that one little two minute. But at the very end of this clip, grandpa's a specter. Like this Grandpa's is a, been dead for six months. This is the main characters. This like who's like a seven year old kid, Josh or Joshua, and he's imagining having Grandpa read Grandpa Seth read him a story in bed, and it is wild. Still telling the same story, Josh. Powers of evil are very strong here. I must leave. In the story, you get, because they have live, live action people acting out the story Grandpa's telling, you get to see immediate terrible makeup. You get to see immediate, like, the the guy is, like, hurt or whatever, and this beautiful woman feeds him food, and they painted freckles on her face that are like ridiculous and obviously extremely fake. And then what she's feeding him looks like pudding that's been colored with green food coloring, which looks completely unappetizing. You're like, no, no one, no one's going to eat that. So Troll 2, uh, we said it came out in 1990. It was an MGM film. So, you know, the giant lion logo. Um, director was Claudio Ragasso. The writers were Rosella Drudy and Claudio Fergesso again for the screenplay. And I mean, it was just a hodgepodge of really bad eighties actors like this, this acting, I'm going to say it right here and right now. Uh, I, we know that many of y'all, uh, watched, um, Break into Electric Boogaloo after we did a bottom of the barrel for that. And that acting in Electric Boogaloo is Oscar worthy, comparatively speaking, to Troll 2. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> looking at the Wikipedia page. So the the directors, writers, whatever, they're Italian. They filmed in Utah and had they wrote this like terrible script and they forced the actors to read it verbatim because i guess like when the actors read the script they were like hey like these things don't necessarily sound that great can we like rework this and they were like no you have to say it because uh, really the the writing in it there was a lot of filler words um things that's maybe somebody that was um it wasn't like English wasn't their first language and, and the filler way that- words and like overly formal sometimes, <laughs> but also like just the pacing in general of the story wasn't very good. It sometimes the story moved too slow. Sometimes the story moved too fast. Honestly, like I was taking notes while we were watching the movie and I'm like, this series of events Makes no sense. <laughs> You're late. I'm sorry we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are eyes. 
Have a nice stay at Mill Pond. You in our city. So, okay, let's let's give the people the breakdown of what what the story is in case they haven't seen Troll 2. So, yes, like Kavika said, family, they're going to go stay in. They're going to do a house exchange. Yes, you know, like, for a month. For a month. You know, they're, they're going to go out to Nilbog. 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 This tiny town that only has like 26 people in it. And the daughter <laughs> clearly states that or the the mother. I can't remember. Maybe both. Who knows? They clearly state that this is like a tiny town with hardly anyone in it. And they're going to so they're going to do this house exchange. They they're, they drive out there. And then even on the drive, um, old Grandpa Seth is randomly appearing in the movie, you know, because he's giving he's giving, uh, you know, the boy, he's, Joshua. Yeah, he's warnings warning like, him. hey, danger, Will Robinson, do not go to Nilblock. And of course, like the dad is. He's hip. I mean, he kind of, he, I mean, the way he pops his collar, even on his bathrobe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but they're driving out in the, in the normal minivan. Of course, the daughter's got to have some hijinks with the boyfriend. The boyfriend follows her. And, you know, somehow, like this teenager who looks like he's 30, um, him and his friends get a hold of a RV. Yeah. And they follow them out there. And so there they are. The friend the friends are off staying on the side of a road. The family's checking into this house and they're going to stay there. And of course, the very first thing happens along with the story is if you were to eat something served by these people, it's going to turn you into a a meat part, plant part plant part person and then the goblins can well, eat you so don't goblin. eat the goblin food yes and, and that's the whole thing like so they're going to try to get you to eat you have um villagers who are all part of the evil plot kids with a sweet tooth like yours love ice cream delicious and purified you have an Evil sorceress, druid, Wiccan. I, I um, I'd say she's a witch, a goblin yeah, she's witch. A go- I guess. She's a goblin witch. She, ha- I mean, she does turn into a goblin at one time. She does. And of course, like the actress is fairly young, but they age her up, but to make her young to age her up again, it's it's wild. And of course, like all the normal hijinks ensue where. Uh, the boyfriend's friends are getting picked off one by one. and Because they came, he lied to his friends and told them there'd be like hot chicks in, in Nilbog. And of course, one of the guys runs into the cop and there's a whole exchange between the two of them. But at the end, he's like, where are the women? And the cop just drives away laughing at him. I mean, there's hot chicks in a town of 26. I mean, clearly. <laughs> sure. The- Maybe one. Yeah, yeah, actually, they're they're chicks. They're baby chickens. They're hot baby chickens in a town of twenty six. So, oh geez. But number one, if this was reality, okay, let's let's say you were this family in Troll Two, right? And you were going to do a house exchange with someone, or just like in the reality of now, if you're going to an Airbnb and staying there for an extended period of time, you would. Bring your own food. You yeah, would you, just show bring, up with groceries. 
Yes, coolers full of food, and you go grocery shopping. That this kind of family thing. shows up with no food, <laughs> and then there's like a whole spread of food laid out for them, which is all like cakes, cakes, cakes and, and cookies and, and like, like donuts and shit. And they're like, "Oh, great, we're starving! Like, what a lovely spread." How nice of them to leave us this food. So Grandpa Seth gives the, the Joshua a vision and says, hey, you, you have to stop them right now. Your family's going to be turned into goblins. Yeah, because Josh looks at the food and he knows what's up. He and knows Josh it's circles goblin the food. table like a dog, just like mean mugging this table, stands up in a chair and I guess pisses all over the food. Yeah, because of course they cut away, like he goes to like undo his pants and then it cuts away. And then the next thing you see is like mom and the sister like throwing the food in the trash and Josh was getting punished. Oh, that was so funny. Like, like, so the the dad, you know, hauls Joshua up to the room, says, you're going to stay here and not eat. And he goes to do the whole move where he's going to unbuckle his his belt, but he doesn't. Yeah, he Josh's sent like, you, what are you doing, Dad? And he's like, I'm tightening my belt. And <laughs> He's like, because I've been hungry before, and that's what I had to do. Oh, it, 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 this whole movie is a plethora of poor writing. Terrible acting. Terrible acting. They're eating her! They're going to eat me! Bad makeup. Abysmal makeup. And and special effects. There is one particular goblin, if you watch this, that is always like center frame. That is the ugliest mask. It's the only one with eyes. Yeah. You can't miss it. it, It's got these weird eyes. So please, listener, if you watch this, I want you to tell me if you see the goblin that I think is the ugliest and craziest. I bet if you think it's the ugliest and craziest, we're looking at the same goblin. I mean, it is wild looking. It's really badly done. Like, this, these are all, like, werewolf masks that have been... Re- I, I don't even under... It's like what happens if Ewoks go bad in, in set well, design. it's like they had money for a few good like goblin looking masks and then they're like well shit we need more goblins in this and so then they just had to kind of put together whatever with their shoestring budget to like have enough goblins because there are several scenes where there's a ton of goblins hanging out and i guess it's the entire village all all 26 people that (laughs) live in nilbog and i think actually all these people that live there are are just transmorgified goblins yes so they're not real people they're they're just goblins but they all have the same uh clover kind of mole or it looks like almost like a bad puncture wound yeah. or something well, what's funny is i didn't realize that was supposed to be a clover until there's one scene there was like josh was like they all have the same clover shaped scar or something like that and i'm like oh it's supposed to be a clover no, it was really terribly done oh yeah it was bad it was, i mean like just the entirety of this movie was just poor execution but in a way that it made for hilarity there were multiple times where we were just cackling 
in glee at, oh, at the absurdity of oh, this yeah. film. Yeah, no, I loved, so towards the end, the the witch does a spell and like makes herself sexy because she's been like creepy, ugly witch with like, you know, dirty teeth the whole time. And she does a spell to become sexy and she's going to go get the last one of the boyfriend's friends because they have to have the people eat their food so they'll turn part plant so they can eat them because they can't eat meat and they're like disgusted by meat. But they can't just fucking like grow vegetables. Like it, it just like live off the I land. Guess it has you to know, be like people, it has to be people. People plant. plant. It's so, it's very weird. So she turns sexy. She goes to the <laughs> the friend, and first of all, he's like watching TV in the RV, and it starts messing up. And then she shows up on the TV, and she's like slinking around in the woods like, nearby. And he's like, "What show is this?" She's like, "I'm not a show. I'm real." And he's like, huh? And he goes outside and there she is. And she's like all sexy and she's holding corn. Well, Just one, one corn on the cob. One corn on the cob. She saunters in, lifts her leg in like a pirate style, shows that she's wearing like um, a garter belt. Yeah. And, <laughs> and thigh high stockings. And then and, we and get. She, she has like this corn on the cob holstered into her like like dress belt yeah and it's like the she, sexy corn reveal and she pulls <laughs> out the corn and she's like aren't you hungry don't you want to eat it yeah i was the whole time i was like what is she gonna do with this corn like it's i was like holy shit we're gonna get some real kink here no no we did not what happens is she gets on top of this poor boy and then she's like oh aren't you hungry and then they start. He's like, I do like popcorn. And the corn starts like popping popcorn that can everywhere. Fi- it filled this entire like because they're in an RV and like it, it's just it's overflowing everywhere. And it's like coming out of his mouth. And but we never see that boy again. I don't know. We don't we don't know if we he don't know really got like, turned into a plant person or not. He just. He got corned to death or something, maybe. He got popcorned real, yeah. real whenever, hard. Yeah, whenever, like, the, towards the end, whenever they, they're escaping, the boyfriend is with the family. They, they just leave his RV there. Clearly a nice RV at the time. Yeah. And this was probably grandma's RV. You know, like, this was the grandparents. This, I mean, because, like, this was a nice RV for the time, the period. And, um. They just said, fuck it. We're not. He doesn't he doesn't once ask about where any of his friends are. <laughs> oh, no. Like. Yeah, though, the friends get picked off one by one and they're and never, never just like, like how? Oh, so and so went for a walk and never came back. Yeah. We nope. thought we heard one of their voices out and and it's, scre- you know, they scream like a, a girl. Oh, <laughs> They must have found the girl of Nilblog, you know. And then what's funny is, of course, obviously, if you haven't caught on yet, Nilblog is actually Goblin spelled backwards. And they do point this out. The boy points this out in the in the movie. It, whenever he sees this, uh, the Nilblog, you know, a, a sign in the town in the reflection of a mirror. So... 
This is a wild, wild ride. And it's a perfect bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. Very much so. You know who else would probably love this? The other podcast, How Did This Get Made? If they haven't watched it already, <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to go see if they have, because I would love to hear what Jason Manzoukas has to say <laughs> on this film. So just looking back through the notes that I took during the movie, because, of course, we're not going to go through the entire movie step by step. And I was taking notes as we went. But uh <laughs> This movie, oh, the daughter, the daughter, I think, is the OG TikTok dancer. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. She has this one very, uh, this moment where she's like hyping herself up, doing like this thriller-esque pop dance. I wouldn't even call it thriller-esque. She's, <laughs> she's doing something. She's dancing and having a good time in her Garfield nightgown. Yeah, but she's like, do, she's like doing all the moves and she's like, yeah, and you're going to tell... You're going to tell uh, her boyfriend, she's going to tell her boyfriend it's either her or his friends, and he needs to make a decision. Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, oh, honey, I'll come and I'll come alone. But then he doesn't show up to go on the trip <laughs> with the family. He rounds up his friends and they come in an RV for for no I mean, reason. Classic, man. This is this is all very like trope classic. This movie's full of wonderful one-liners, some some great, great texts, like, um, you can't piss on hospitality. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sing, Josh. Sing that song I like. Guess what the song is. If, if, if you have not seen Troll 2, take a wild guess of what, what the song could be that the mother is begging her son to sing. It was like row, row your boat or something. It was row, row, row yeah, your boat. Row, row, row your boat. And like, and she's like, sing the song that I love, Joshua. Let's see. Because <laughs> you know everybody loved to sing row, row, row your boat on a family road trip. Coffee is the devil's drink. <laughs> just some some fantastic writing, you guys. Just. Troll Two. If you if you're wanting a a little little creep movie, so I and will, a giggle. I, we we will say that you know this is the spooky time of year as the temperature drops a little bit and we actually turn on our heaters. We all like want to cuddle up and kind of start to watch those scary movies. And I I know that I th I think the boys are going to be talking about The Ring or they're going to be. Rewatching the ring. But anyways, there's always a plethora of spooky movies and some non-spooky movies. Um, yeah, some some people can't handle like a real horror movie. So for them, we have Troll 2. <laughs> so get out there. You know, let's scrape the bottom of the barrel with us and watch Troll 2. What will you do when your child asks? What were Saturday morning cartoons? 
What? We're Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. So, my favorite Halloween memory. We could do a whole ass episode based on my Halloween experiences. That is a fact. But picking the Halloween memory to talk about here. I mean, my goodness, we could talk about Halloween Horror Nights last month. That was incredible. First time I went to Netherworld back in 2013, that was almost life-changing right there. Uh, Going to Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta in 2016, that uh, definitely set the stage for some stuff later in life and one of my more defining characteristics not called wrestling. But I think really the one to really put down on this microphone would be in September 2011 the first time I went to Scarewinds because see until then like my experience with horror and Halloween and haunted houses and stuff was just very minimal I liked it but just the opportunity to really expand on it or you know let that love grow or something really wasn't there well it was sure as shit here this time around as i fell in with the group that would eventually be known as the fall horsemen and this was my first outing with them after having stayed in town while they went to dragon con and i was was just off being bleh. It's incredible how it took me another eight years to actually get to Dragon Con from there, but that's another podcast. Or maybe it's a podcast you've already heard. But yeah, so this is my first excursion, God, probably out of the state in quite a few years. And this was my first experience with Cookout. This was a couple years before there were any cookouts in the upstate South Carolina. And that was just a revelation in and of itself. But then going up to Scarowins and... As I'm approaching and I'm hearing uh, Poison by Alice Cooper playing over the loudspeakers in the park. And it's just like... I knew right then and there it was like... My old life is over, and I'm bridging right into a whole new world here. And yeah, what pretty much transpired from there was all sorts of spookiness with the side of just good old-fashioned, regular fall fun in general. And for 
almost every year since then. It's fall and Halloween specifically. That season has pretty much been the highlight of my year. And while things have gotten busier slash a lot more fun in the other parts of the year over the last few years with this whole Thunderverse and wrestling and all that, uh, spooky season absolutely remains one of my favorite times of the year for sure that I look forward to and look forward to seeing what awesome adventures I can come up with since. And it all started with that night at Scarewinds. See, Spooky Thor wasn't born in on March 1st, 1991. Spooky Thor wasn't born the first time I saw a scary movie. No, Spooky Thor was definitely born that day as I was walking up to Scarewinds and went through like some of the most incredible haunted houses that I'd seen at the time. And then, of course, there's the meme that mostly Wheatley likes to bring up all the time about <clears throat> me choosing to go play Cruisin' while they all went to Last Laugh 3D, but I didn't know if I was ready for 3D clowns just yet, but turns out I definitely was in the end. But, <laughs> but you know, I think that's probably the first true Adam meme of that group was with the whole Cruisin' thing. So yeah, Scarewinds 2011. We'll never forget that night. We'll never forget that whole season in that year. <sighs> Little did I know what waited in store for me. So Dan, what is your favorite Halloween memory and favorite candy? Uh, my favorite Halloween memory was kind of pissing off and offending my buddy's church. What <laughs> are you <laughs> talking about? Wait, 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 Dan, you were in the church? Well, oh! And you lived? Yeah. You didn't get struck down? And I didn't catch on fire. It was one of those fake churches that hate everything. So, no, there was, oh, there was, yeah. there was no God in one of those places. No, my mom worked really hard making me a Spock outfit. Uh, my fifth grade year of school, which involved tights and the ears and everything. And, you know, I could have gone trick-or-treating, which I should have. But instead, my buddy's like, no, you need to come to my church. It's going to be a huge party. Lots of candy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, can I wear a costume? And he's like, well, I'm like, well, I'm wearing a costume. And I show up as Spock <laughs> with these tights and everything. And everyone's looking at me like, who's this fucking asshole? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just getting side-eyed everywhere until <laughs> I... Uh, They're like, what's what? this elf doing here? <laughs> you dare come to a, a, a church with a costume? Yeah. So, you're like, you're but, a Christmas elf. It's so early. <laughs> dumbest thing I ever did in my Halloween life. Uh, and they had a cakewalk. Where it was like ten cents for like every walk around this, you know what a cake walk is. Mm-hmm. Where everybody you, brings cakes, and you everyone walk brings in a like circle. a whole pile of cakes, walk in a circle to stop the music. You land on that number, you get a cake. And yeah, my mom sent me with maybe like five, six dollars, and I exchanged it all for dimes. And I just hit over in the cake walk and went around this cake walk like forty times and didn't win a damn cake the whole time. <laughs> wow. And you know, at first my buddies were like, hey, come hang out. I'd go hang out. Then be like, no, you're lame. You can't hang out. Oh, and then a really awkward drive back with his mom. And you know those, you know the wrong type of churches where Halloween's just as <laughs> important for them as to like real people, except it's just so, so they can hate every year. 
Yeah. Right. And then getting home at like 8.30, about a half hour before, it's like, all right, dude, Halloween's done. And jumping out of the car and like diving, and like running like every doorbell in my neighborhood. Had already, the neighborhood had already been cleared out. And half the lights were off. Just banging on people's doors like desperate just to get myself like a fistful of real Halloween candy before 9 o'clock hit. And then, uh, yeah, then slinking home and uh, watching Doogie Howser and telling myself, worst Halloween ever. Oh, damn. Fuck you, Spock. So, uh, okay, so tell me, what is your favorite candy? I mean, you have one of those, yeah? Crackle. It'd be crackle. Oh, crackle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Crackle. Yeah, it's a seasonal thing. You see it in the stores, but it tastes like shit in the stores. Of course you, I mean. Maybe it tastes like shit, period, but a <laughs> couple with them sweet, you know, the, the Halloween, like, sweet sweetens it up, you know? Yeah. So, I myself have a, but... I have a few favorite like nugget memories of Halloween um, because like I've had such drastic experiences for Halloween um, for the beginning part of my life. We lived in Alaska. So by the time my, you know, always around my birthday, which is in October, there would be a foot or two foot of snow on the ground. And then by the time Halloween got there, like, so you, you didn't go walking the streets, um, you know, trick or treating. You, you had to go to the local school and you do your thing, you know, and they had haunted houses and all the, you know, the hallways and things. But uh, I, then I, we, I had a completely drastic experience moving to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, big, uh, you know, big city in a Southern location. And, um, so there, all of a sudden, like you walk the streets, everybody's dressed up, everybody's having a great time, you know, and it's, it's Louisiana and we lived in a very like mixed suburb. And it, so it's a whole bunch of different like hodgepodges of cultures and everything. And so that was super cool. But I think like the most memorable Hollywood or Hollow Halloween experience I had was we were living in Oklahoma at the time. And we were out trick-or-treating, and my brother and I were walking by, and there's some, like, other kids with us that we were, like, kind of escorting and stuff. And we see, like, oh, man, that's a very realistic big black snake, right? That's cool. Like, right outside their garage door. (laughs) And then we see it move. And everybody, like, kids scatter, like, screaming, hollering. And then, you know, parents are notified. And then all of a sudden, there's... Uh, a parent with a hoe and it's like trying to kill the snake and there's sparks flying everywhere and it was a memorable experience it was hilarious and it was oh, awesome because, sounds like, like it <laughs> amazing and, you know because like everybody's in like dressed up like vampires and werewolves and they're running all around right. and like I with know. real like you know they're all scared and stuff oh, i would funny. say uh my favorite halloween candy is those little almond joys you know like it's almost like a bite two bite a bite and a half you know what i'm saying like they're the fun size they so they got one almond in it and it's all like that coconut kind of thing and so i i love to mount down on those so hey so funny here's a weird coincidence right so i was at the dentist's office and she you know put out the you know halloween candy and that's what i brought home for ron and i the yeah, so they're delicious. They're delicious, and I haven't had it in years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that coconut, oh my gosh! 
So funny. Almond Joy. Almond yep. Joy. You know, and mm. I prefer the Almond Joy to the Mounds, you know, because, like, the nut gives it, like, a little texture boost kind of thing, you know? So. Was that, was that commercial? Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. Mounds don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. I remember that. Yeah, they're, they're shading or, on mounds. <laughs> or sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. <laughs> I always feel that commercial was shading mounds, though, because they go, Almond Joy's got nuts. right? Mounds like, don't. Mounds like is like. It's all joy know, with the nut. But. The, step, the, the evil, you know, the redhead stepchild of it, of it you know. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I connected with a cousin about three years ago. And she's like, oh, so, you know, I told her, you know, what happened in my family with my wife and everything. And I said, well, let me just sum it up this way for you. I said, sometimes I feel like a nut and sometimes I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And she got it. Slay it, boy. Slay it. Right. And she got it. Yeah, she got it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, but you know, the story about the gorilla reminded me of my brother said that some friends of his, they were trick-or-treating in the projects, and this guy came out and scared the crap out of them. He was wearing a werewolf mask. And he opened the door. They said trick-or-treat, opened the door, he just he's got this mask on. He said he scared the crap out of them. I, you know, it's kind of fun when adults also participate. Yeah. <laughs> What's on our tube? Welcome, Thunderverse, to the Spooky Thor Thunder Talk Halloween episode takeover thingy. And yes, this is what's on our tube. No, there is no Beth and Kavika. That's what takeover means. Instead of Beth and Kavika. Instead of them, you have me, Spooky Thor, and somebody who you've definitely heard on this show before. What he means to the Thunderverse cannot be overstated. Or understated. <laughs> understated slash overstated. <laughs> yeah. John Rasmussen. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I have John with Antitypical, who is also providing much of the music for this episode. My, my band just came out with an EP of songs based on uh, the the Ring series of movies and novels uh, from Japan. So I guess uh, guess we're going to jump off of that. Yeah. So, but my question, because something I'm genuinely wondering, like, what inspired you to use Ringu Zero as uh, like the inspiration or the topic for the EP? Uh, well, that that's just the first song of the EP. Um, it just so it happened to line up uh, when we were when we were figuring out um, you know release dates for for the EPs for this year. Um, our third EP for the year was going to line up with uh, September, so I was like, okay, let's do something for Spooky Month. Get September October time frame. My big reference for for horror movies is is the Ring series because uh, I happened to be in Japan at the time when those movies were coming out, and actually. 
um, saw all of them in the theater, um, which was interesting. I, I've kind of deep, you know, had deep dive into the lore and, and it kind of became hyper fixation for me. Um, and, and so uh, that, that's just the, the spooky season stuff that I had to draw on. Um, we were initially going to uh, name the EP ring slash slash link um, because uh, in Japanese, those are the same letters um, just with a couple of dots changing the K to a G. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, the slashes don't work on uh, streaming media services um, because of, you know, <laughs> file naming conventions and such. Uh, so uh, we ended up changing the name to Hyperfixation Theater, which was also fairly apropos. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw Ring, Ring 2, and Ring 0 um, all in the theater uh, between 1998 and 2000 as they came out. Uh, Japanese Horror Fest was every January, uh, and they would drop a Ring movie and another movie. And you'd just go in and watch uh, two horror movies back to back. And, you know, they were always the, the, the dark, kind of understated uh, Japanese horror. You know, that, that the Ring movie uh, is definitely... Yeah, a good showcase. And sort of going parallel to that, did you watch uh, Juan, the one that inspired The Grudge around that time? Did it come out around that time? It, it was around that time. I saw it. On, uh, I, I actually saw that one on TV. Whereas I think the Japanese version of The Ring is, you know, much better at getting the mood and the just kind of ambiance uh, than the American version ended up being. The Japanese version of The Grudge, Juon, it didn't do as well. Um, I actually thought the, uh, the American version of The Grudge drew on more of the cinematography choices from the ring uh, than, than the ring yeah. did. <laughs> um, so I actually enjoyed the American version better uh, on the grudge. Yeah. I've been wondering about that. Cause like out of all the original Japanese versions, like, Mm-hmm. Ringu Zero is the one that I've seen, but I've seen The Grudge, and of course, I definitely saw The Ring renting right. it from Blockbuster on VHS, and as a child, just like being fixated on Martin Henderson getting turned into a screaming husk of terror. <laughs> 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 <So> <laughs> and that whole sentence just screams mid-2000s right there. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, this... uh. Ringu Zero, it wasn't, okay, I say Ringu Zero is the first one that I said, but actually. Yeah, uh, Ringu was actually the first one that came out. It was released with Rasen, which is the second book, which is The Spiral. But uh, Rasen took a completely different kind of angle and tried to go a completely different direction. And um, audiences didn't really grasp onto that one as much as they did The Ring. Um, so when they came out with Ring 2, it basically got rid of everything they did in the Ross End movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the the third one in the series is actually Ring Zero, which is the, is the prequel, um, which gives you the, the backstory for Sadako uh, in, in her life. 
変な夢見て井戸が出てくるの I was about to say, Ringu Zero was the first one that I'd seen out of all these movies, but then I remembered a few years ago when I first got Shudder, the first movie I ever saw in that service was Sadako versus Kayako, and that oh. was something else. Yeah,、uh, beyond, the, <laughs> beyond the first three, they're,、uh, they're kind of rough.、Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I recommend Sadako 3D or Sadako versus Kayako or, yeah, really any of the,、uh, any of the things be- after、uh, 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ringu Zero,、mm-hmm. Sadako's origin story. Yes. To me, at least, it was just another good case of, you know, very gifted would be a word for it, individual that just sort of turned rotten because. The humans around her just suck. Right, right. Yes, yes, very much.、Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the case of, you know, the, the third movie in the, in, the, in the horror franchise where we decide to, sh- to、uh, you know, make the villain、uh, relatable and show you the backstory of how they got there, you know.、Uh, yeah.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> At some point, they, they decide to show you, oh no, Jason wasn't really a bad guy. He just, you know, life. Threw him a curveball, and that's why he's now a fucking demonic monster that hunts down children. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what you do in a horror franchise. <laughs>、um, but yeah, she, she was、yeah. a, a, a gifted,、uh, you know, a person with gifts.、Uh, she had healing and clairvoyance, and, and also the, you know, the ability to, you know, kill with the scream or, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, however,、um, that worked. I'm still wrapping my head around that one. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. Th- there was another one. Yeah. It's like,、um, well, in the book, it, I mean, it, I'm not going to say it was clearer in the book,、um, but in the book,、um, it goes into her being, her, her being intersex when she was born and possibly, you know, her true father being a A sea demon instead of、uh, the man that, that raised her. And yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in the book.、Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> not necessarily clearer, but there, it's an explanation. <laughs> yeah, because the doctor was like saying, like, I'm not your real father, but there right, was like right, no explanation.、Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I raised you with your mother, but yeah, I'm not your father. I guess there was a, a sea demon that, that Shizuko, I believe is the mother's name.、Uh, she went down to, to the seaside in mourning at one point, and the sea took her in and, and you know, implanted Sadako in her, in her womb.、Um, but you know, the mother was supposed to have these gifts also, so who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's one of those one of those things. <laughs> That's a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> Audiences agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's kind of why they just like after that one, I guess. Because did Ringu Zero come like before the Ring, the American one? Um, yes, um, actually. Yeah, so after they were just like, Gore Verbinski, you, you, make some, you make something out of this. Come on. Well, and, and, and the problem, the biggest problem I have with the American version of the ring, you know, the original Ringu is very simple. 
uh, and it's it doesn't overcomplicate it. It's very much, you know, you watch this video in seven days, you die. It doesn't really go really in deep on, on in depth on the explanation. Um, yeah, you know, there's a search for for figuring out how to how to break the curse, but it doesn't really get too involved in in how any of it works, and, and that just kind of adds to the creep and and just kind of the the dark foreboding. Whereas the American version tries to explain too much in that first movie, uh, it, and it's good to get that explanation later. But in that first movie, just for the ambiance and, and just the the dark foreboding. It's better just kind of keep it a mystery. Yeah. Verbinski decided to add in some of the stuff from the later movies into that first movie. And it just made it just kind of, you know, overfluffed. And for some reason there's horses in it. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it was a really simple formula that, that made uh, Ringu hit as kind of a cultural phenomenon over there. And really the simplicity and just the the creepiness really was what, what did it uh, for me. What <laughs> one thing on Ring Zero, and I wanna know if you if if you caught it towards the end, when you hit the that final scene, the cinematography does a great job. It suddenly gets very grainy. Did you, did you notice that shift in the forest? Huh. It goes from just really clear visuals and it suddenly gets like a really grainy visual. And that kind of leads you into what I realized. This was kind of the uh, Rogue One Darth Vader scene. <laughs> you know what happens in the end. You, you've seen that she gets knocked into the well. You know that's coming. And you know there's going to be a body count on the way. And you're just kind of, once you see that transition, you're like, Okay, let's see how they kill people, and, and and it's very much the Darth Vader hallway scene of we're going to get to that point. Let's watch the carnage. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed that with with, with that kind of uh, mindset uh, in retrospect. It definitely gave it a sort of like sort of like the Darth Vader scene, but also just like yeah, it's just going to get nothing but bleak from here because you know there was that glimmer of hope where she was finding love and. She helped that man in the wheelchair, and then it's just like got thrown out the window. She just went to that point of no return now. Once they they kind of fused into that one, it, it was uh, kind of game over at that point. <sighs> Indeed. <laughs> Overall, as a movie, because we just like pretty much dissected the franchise and we've talked about yeah, particular yeah. moments in Ringu Zero. Like, how do you feel about it as a movie overall? I have never watched it without having the previous context, uh, but I prefer Ringu Zero. I think it's the the best of the series. It, it gives a compelling backstory. It's that origin story that that you that you like to get, and it has that that tone shift. Uh, you know, there's there's hope for 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 a while, even though you know how it's gonna you know turn out. It, it kind of uh, personifies the villain. I enjoy that. Ringu sets a a very definite tone, and it, it rides that tone throughout, and it does a really good job doing what it does. I actually think uh, Ring Zero is the uh, the strongest of that trilogy. 
Well, people make a point like uh, like the reason why George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg made Star Wars and Indiana Jones because they grew up on those movie serials like King Solomon's I, Mines I love Star and Buck Wars Rogers, so. and like where they kind of but you know to me you know like Indiana Jones and all that is oh it, it's like a nostalgia pie and I will the eat the shit the out of was, it. Well, now that George Lucas isn't involved, it should be better. You believe that when Force Awakens and the Rogue One came out, oh, George Lucas, this is proof that George Lucas was messing up Star Wars. Then Rise of Skywalker Rogue came out. One, like, oh, maybe. And I say this all the time is one of, one of my favorite standalone Star Wars movies to me. Like, it, you know, like we know going in, everybody's going to fucking die. Like, they're all dead. He's made one more movie so, of Indiana Jones. It's coming out next I year. I remember I took this film class in college, and we rewatched like, a lot of – Now, like, uh, are, you, are you watching Andor? I, okay. So I have say, I, I have specifically waited on, on watching Andor because I kind of I, – I know how I am as a human, and I want well, to – the first season is going to be 12 episodes. So it's probably, probably going to be like uh, 12 hours or something. <laughs> Um, is it hour long? I, I don't know. It's about, is it, they're about is hour, it hour long, like 50 minutes okay. or so. Did, it, did I just come back at the wrong time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, saying, we, like, we jumped off the Halloween rails again, yeah, Dan. So. We, we did. <laughs> like, we, we've gone all over the place. The average episode is like 40 odd minutes long. Andor is cool. It's a slow burn. You're smart to wait for it to go. Uh, the prequels were fucking trash. The sequels were a tragedy. God damn it. Halloween. You're coming in hot, motherfucker. <laughs> You're come. He's like, oh, I've been over here drinking Halloween, okay. tequila, and you know, I'm I'm here smoking my cigarette, uh, and ooh, I have nothing. But Halloween <laughs> opinions right now. Dan's looking at us like, I leave these kids alone for one second. <laughs> Holy shit, man! We had one fucking topic, you guys. One topic, except we're talking about Star Wars in a way that I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we way that I about, disagree with. Well, I tell you, uh, I'm going to get on the topic with Halloween. I think I'm enjoying the holidays in general more as an adult now, but especially with me being a homeowner. Okay. Well, one, because I can program my Halloween out like I'm ritualistic. It's October 1st to 31st. You think Jack Skellington invaded my house. Huh. I watch a <laughs> Halloween movie every day. And also, I love just seeing the trick-or-treaters come up to my house now and I get to hand out the candy. While I'm watching scary movies in the background, so it's go, great. go to Wheatley's house, kids. He gives the full size Snicker bars. Uh, not full size, <laughs> but I do give. I give out the Reese's peanut butter cups and the almond joys, not the mounds, because the almond joys are the nuts. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and the uh, Snickers and the Re- yeah, I, I get that can't. Why? Because the joke is that well, after Halloween, you're stuck with this candy, so you want the good candy. Yeah, that's right. right. At least that's the parents right. really. Yeah, so I'm so gonna eat this stuff out. We live in a, a neighborhood that is adjacent to an ext- a very wealthy neighborhood, right? So we we live in a modest neighborhood where people have modest homes. So nobody comes to our house because <laughs> two blocks away you can go, or, you know three blocks away you can go to multi million dollar homes, and so everybody goes there because yes they have full size candy bars, and we can't afford those. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also our neighborhood doesn't have a lot of kids in it. No, it's it's mostly there, it's smaller houses in this neighborhood. Yes, not, not mean, a whole lot of people getting teepeed in your neighborhood. No, 
Mm. Nah, they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> seeing, seeing that the trend for trick-or-treating is to go to the rich folk neighborhoods, you know, all of us on the other side of it with, you know, the, the armed wing of the uh, communist rebellion that's coming, we, we remember, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll eat you second. <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They, they gave the kids the full-size sticker bars. Yeah. Oh, keep, keep the guillotine moving along. And we're back. Did you miss us? I'm not sure how far apart it is since last we spoke. Uh, we are anti-typical once again. We are. We're gonna play a second song, um, and this one. It it would have been. If you'd asked us, if you'd asked me three months ago what the single was going to be off this EP, this is what it would have been. But then we 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 ended up going with the more haunted uh, sounds of uh, of uh, Lemonheart. Um, but this one is called Viral Load. And and Jay, you want to talk about the beat? Um. Okay. Yeah. The um. That one in particular is it almost didn't get used because it's so simple i was Mm -hmm. going to just straight up throw that instrumental away but i went you know something let's see what john can do with it and then lo and and behold you you turned it into a song that's actually Mm -hmm. good and um if anyone who listens to our stuff is familiar with my solo material you might recognize the sample, the little guitar sample in it. Uh, and yes, it's royalty free. No one can sue. Ha <laughs> um, But uh, you might recognize the guitar riff because I, I used it in uh, my song sitting on the corner and still sitting on the corner. Oh, okay. or, 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 uh, still sitting on the corner. My bad. And uh, it was on another one, but it, it's just, it's it just one of those samples that I had and I was just like, I'm determined to use this thing for something. And <laughs> I must I, I use just, this for good. Yes. <laughs> I just got to, I just got to messing with it and just mm-hmm. ran it through, you know, countless amounts of distortion and went, you know, I like this crusty, nasty sounding thing. And it's just so repetitive and it mm-hmm. really kind of fits the theme of the song too, you know? But, uh, yeah, yeah just, yeah. just another one, that, another one that's just kind of heavy in its own way and it will also make the chalk rattle kind of brooding and 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 thumpy at the same time yeah Uh, yeah uh this basically uh each each of the songs is based on either a book or a short story uh and this is based off of rasen or the spiral uh, which is the second book in the series after the ring um at this point in the story uh it is where um people are having to uh, make a copy of the videotape and show it to a friend uh, or to someone else. Oh, spoilers for, you know, 25 year old media. Um, <laughs> uh, so they're having to make a copy of the video and, pa- and pass it on and have somebody else uh, watch it uh, in order to uh, escape the, the one week and you will die curse, um, which, you know, it, <laughs> seems like you know 
it, it, it's innocuous enough as long as they do it. Um, but if they don't do it, you, you know, if the next person doesn't do it, you've just given them a death sentence. So there's enough of that kind of that that kind of you know animosity and hate and fear planted in the head of whoever's passing it on that it, it works like a virus of of hate and fear that spreads amongst the populace and just adds callousness to the world um and that you know that that that's how that's the that's how the book evolves and and, and how that works out but um you know in retrospect um it really it it really resonates with the social media age of you know pa- pass around you know either fake news or you know actual fake news or you know m- malicious videos or passing on whatever and just spreading hate around and and you know the the media outlets just want you to you know keep your eyes open and take it in and and feel the pain and then you know w- once you feel that pain pass it on um so it it seemed to uh to be a good good uh good analog for for the world right now it's it's so, clever stuff it, 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 I, I would like to say that i thought of that while i was writing it but no it was after the fact i went hey that works for you know what's happening now too yeah so and i don't know if the book was supposed to be an allegory of that kind of thing or not i never read it that way uh, but it may be um because you know you don't actually know what author's intentions are we just you know make shit like that up for english class so um i i i guess uh this is uh Viral Load, um, also off of Hyperfixation Theater, which is still available on our Bandcamp and all the streaming services. Um, here it is.
Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. been recording for like 50 minutes we should we let's go ahead and just like how much of it, it was halloween how much of it was <laughs> well dan <laughs> walked away for like yeah. 20 minutes yeah. no so and, and like, dan so? disappeared i'm talking yeah. about halloween and you're making all kinds of noise i mean good thing that you can mute yourself and then like put don't my- blame me for me showing up and you guys talking about fucking star wars <laughs> that was your Fault. We are a nerd podcast, sir. Uh-huh, nerd uh-huh, podcast. Uh-huh. Yes, we are. And when, when the subject is Star Wars, then let's talk about Halloween. And dear movie producers, don't let Dan dissuade you from producing your Arbor Day shows because I will watch them. Yeah, thank Just you. Show Come me on. how to show me how to prune my bushes. Look, you know, look, please. look, look! Hallmark Channel. That cease and desist letter was totally out of line. It was not necessary. <laughs> Just fucking hear me out. All I'm going to say, just like our bottom of the barrel that we just did, you really need to launch Troll 2. It is terrible <laughs> and fantastic. It yeah. is, yeah. It is. I mean, if you've never seen Agreed. it, it's it's worth a, an hour and 30 minutes of your life Yeah, where you're like only watching with one eye. It's a yeah. bad movie, but it's a good time. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah for it's sure. crazy because I mean, as a kid, I have a vague memory of seeing the first troll and being scared. Oh, of it. dude, the first, they're not. They're not. The first movie was a quality film. It had like an almost uh, George Lucas, Jim Henson vibe. Yeah, I don't think either of them were attached to it, and, but with a hint of like adolescent horror, and it scared the shit out of me too. It it, it did disturb me. Troll Two. They, the only is a garbage dump. Is they troll. Lit, is is they decided to put the name Troll Two on it? They tried yes. to oh. the ride. <laughs> The word troll, the, the word troll is never once said Not in the movie. One time. <laughs> Not one time. <laughs> it is the only never. thing. I mean, in, in Goblin. You'll hear um, Goblin a lot. Like once, You'll hear yeah, Nilbog. It's know, a ton of Nilbog. Nilbog. Oh. oh, I got confused. Nilbog. I thought you meant Goblin, the uh, soundtrack producer. He's like, whoa, they got Goblin the soundtrack on this no, thing? Hang no, on. no, no. <laughs> the, guy, the guy that did uh, the original Dawn of the Dead did not blast the soundtrack of this, dude. Yeah. Oh man, that would actually be banger if he did. You know, <laughs> he'd be like, "How did that? What kind of drugs they use in the port on Goblin?" <laughs> he's like, "Wait, what did I make?" <laughs> I don't know, but none of those drugs were available to the production yeah. crew of, of Troll. But too, it, it suffered from the uh, influence of foreign directors that didn't do a very good job of translating some of their scripting. Right, so. You know, because they were like Italian or something, their English wasn't their first language. And so th- the way that they tried to script their scenes, you know, like they'd be over formalized on certain parts. Go ahead, babe. What happened was they what made this movie with- that was called Goblin or Goblins. Right. And then American movie studios decided to slap the name Troll 2 on it. So the movie was not meant to be Troll 2. Right, right. And then it got the name Troll 2. So there you go. I mean, very classic MGM move 
And real you classy, know. blame it on the Italians, Kavika. Real classy. <laughs> I'm I'm telling it's you. It's a classic. Dude. It's a classic in terms of bad movies. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, people that haven't seen it just know that this is one of the all-time greatest bottom of the barrels. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I'm taking my daughter and her friend trick-or-treating this year. Uh, she's just turned 11, uh-huh. so I don't know how many years are left. I know my 16-year-old son is is out. He's decided he's, he's too old for it, which is, you know, okay, that's fine. Uh, it's not so much like, oh, my baby's growing up. But no, that's like a hearty set of hands and a strong back to, to haul candy that that is is off the team now. So, because when you when you trick or treat with me, you know I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Oh, you need a reinforced pillowcase. I am. You know, I don't know if it's too soon to use references like Batan Death March, (laughs) but it's like it's like get and go, get and go, be polite, trick or treat, thank you, run, trick or treat, thank you, boom, go. So so what do you what do you tell her like if somebody says uh, trick? All right, so check it out. Damn it, one year, this drunk old fucking white lady was at her with a glass of fucking wine in her hand. Yeah. <coughs> and she had a line. And I'm wondering, like, well, she must be giving away the good stuff. Let's line up, I guess. And we get there. She's, like, all swaying and shit. She's somebody's, like, <laughs> like, like she's somebody's cool aunt after one bottle of wine. Someone's really creepy aunt after the second. And she's and, full on Karen after the third. And she's just swaying, dude. She's, like, sing me a song. Sing me a song. Come on, sing me a song. And my kids are like, "This years ago, and they're like, they don't know what to sing, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, sing me a song. And then I think my son starts going like, uh, I, I'll be the very best. Like, no one ever was. And my, she's like, no, no, I don't, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, it's Pokemon Lady. She's like, nah, yeah, like, no, of sing, course sing, the sing. kids would know what that is. Sing, yeah. sing Little Mermaid. I want to hear the Little Mermaid. And, you know, my daughter's like, she, she could say, she's getting shy. My son's getting like eyeballing me like, what the fuck, dad? He's like, sing Little, sing little Mermaid. Finally, I was like, kids, the woman's drunk. This is bullshit. You don't have to do this. We're walking straight up. <laughs> yeah. Baton Death March. You're like, there's candy. We got to get our year's worth of candy right now. Because I'm pissed. So. I'm anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm like thrilled to be part of Halloween, but my trigger like my 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 personality is right on the trigger. Like the slightest bit of pushback, Halloween night, I become a dick. Just like when I take my kids to the park. I can't tell you how many other people's kids I've yelled at and parents I've yelled at. That's not how you throw a frisbee. This is how you throw a frisbee. Do any one of you have children right now? No. And you're my friends. There's a reason for that. I don't hang out with fucking parents. I don't. I don't. And this woman just looks at me like, excuse me, sir. I'm like, excuse me. Trick or treat. Come on, kids. This is bullshit. And I grabbed my kids and we just kept moving because time is money. And I, I ain't got time for you, Karen. I ain't got time for your. I ain't got, okay, so you decided to skip a few meetings and now it's Halloween. Shit. Not my problem. Yeah, I mean, Halloween's going to be epic. It, it always is. I feel grateful that uh, Corona is slowing down right now. Hopefully it doesn't speed back up. But that we're we're able to like move and groove and be with all of our our people, you know, in in a uh, like communal experience where you're like, hey, you know, like see the way I mix this drink, you know, yeah, you right. Know, take a drink of this sucker, <laughs> huh, right, right. But 
so you know we're we're definitely gonna have a good time over Halloween, and I, I I'm excited to see that everybody else looks to be like they're gonna have a good time over Halloween. Yeah, um, definitely. So. Well, fuck, I think that's a end of the show. Well, no. Anyway, on the, on the next the Star Wars series, I think throw it through. Oh, <laughs> fucking Wheatley. Wheatley, I love you. Thunder Talk is a production of the Weirdos Workshop, starring Ben Perp, John Rasmussen. Intro by C. Allen, Kavika Allo, J.T. Wheatley, Mark McRae, Beth Allo, Adam Wedston, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.